Welcome to a series of netcasts brought to you by Yale University. Yale Global Online is the flagship publication of the Yale Center for the Study of Globalization and explores the implications of the world's growing interconnectedness through people, products, and ideas. Online Technology Challenges Sensors, Part 2, by Bruce Judson, read by Patricia Alejandro. Emerging as a popular option for readers, ebooks are the largest marriage of technology and media and pose new challenges for authoritarian regimes and censorship. Historically, forbidden books have played a central role in inspiring and informing repressed peoples. Over the next two years, a worldwide explosion of ebooks and ebook readers could trigger a flow of anti regime information. Devices that store more than a thousand books, combined with improved translation capability, could overwhelm the ability of local authorities in preventing the flow of forbidden knowledge. The largely unrecognized revolution results from three related phenomena. First, ebook readers are no longer limited to dedicated dev- devices. Soon, almost any internet-connected device, ranging from tablets such as Apple's iPad to smartphones powered by Google's Android operating system, will function as ebook readers. Second, the availability of ebooks from thousands of online sites in all languages is poised to surge, combined with constantly improving translation technologies. Finally, ebooks are distinctly different from current internet content and will occupy a new place in the proliferating access of people around the world to acknowledge and inspirational fiction. To date, rapid innovation in ebooks has been largely confined to the US, but with Amazon's Kindle, now shipping in at least 100 countries and international versions of other readers, ebooks will soon be a global phenomenon. Ebook industry has already moved the first phase of sustained innovation. Initially, ebook formats were tied to a specific device in the same way that Macintosh software only works with Macintosh computers. Amazon created the Kindle and sold Kindle formatted ebooks. Barnes and Nobles developed the Nook and sold Nook formatted ebooks. Now this tight connection between hardware and content, the equivalent of proprietary software, has unbundled. New developments in hardware, including tablets like Apple's iPad and smartphones like the Google Android or the Apple iPhone, have proven wildly popular. At the same time, makers of dedicated reading devices realize that ebooks are more likely to flourish if widely available throughout the emerging mobile web, and bundled from dedicated hardware devices. As a result, developers of ebook devices have released free apps allowing ebooks formatted for the specific platform to run on other connected devices. An owner of an Android phone can now download free apps that allow the phone to display books formatted from Amazon's Kindle, Barnes & Noble's Nook, and plethora of others. The significance of unbundling cannot be overstated. Today, almost any new type of web-connected device, ranging from a smartphone to a PC, is also an e-reader. As a consequence, the number of worldwide e-book devices is a function of how fast smartphones and other connected devices proliferate, in addition to the sales of e-book dedicated devices. The globe will soon be awash in connected devices that function as readers. Yet as consumer products, e-books are in their infancy. Five likely developments are relevant. First, owners of e-books, including libraries, have the ability to lend or give books to others. Barnes & Noble's Nook 
already allows Nook owners to lend ebooks to other Nook owners. The Sony Reader and other e-readers allow public libraries in a growing list of countries to buy and lend ebooks for a specific borrowing period. To make such rentals, owners of Sony readers visit library sites online. Inevitably, the competitive market will lead to broader transferability. Second, ebooks like movies will become available through a lower-cost rental model. Today, for example, through Amazon, Apple iTunes, or other internet sites, U.S. consumers can download a recently released movie at one of two prices. The consumer pays one price, often above $15, to download and own the movie, or a lower price, generally $3.99, to download and access the movie for 25 hours. In the second rental example, the download software automatically cuts off access at the end of the 24-hour period. Again, a competitive market will push publishers and e-book stores to offer rentals for up to three weeks at prices substantially below correct purchase prices. Third, Google has announced the coming launch of Google Editions, an e-book store. This initiative, separate from the Google Books scanning project, will offer several hundred thousand books directly to consumers via arrangements in place with thousands of publishers, and could quickly become the world's largest e-book store. Google's entry into this market will serve as an accelerating force in the already active ebook universe. Fourth, translation technologies have improved substantially and are more accessible. One author, fluent in several languages, told me that in general, machine-generated translations of his work are acceptable, good enough to get the point across. The quality of these services will continue to improve with time. The ebook reading experience will continue to improve as it gains increasing consumer adoption, regardless of how the market evolves or books are distributed. Publishing and books will know no borders. Online stores, libraries, owners of transfer used book to friends, translation technologies, and a variety of relevant services yet unknown will inevitably arise as ebooks become ubiquitous throughout the free world. The effort required to block access to specific texts will become increasingly difficult. It's still possible to block access to specific blog sites. However, in the evolving ebook firmament, with thousands of possible outlets, it's far more challenging, if not impossible, to limit access to books critical of specific regimes. For authoritarian regimes, the ebook universe is more far-reaching than today's internet for two reasons. First, most censorship today focuses on specific websites, such as individual blogs, social networks, or news sites. In contrast, offending e-books will be accessible from a larger, potentially ever-changing range of sites. It will potentially number in the tens of thousands in multiple languages across the globe, making it far harder for censors to find and block offending sites. Second. Books serve a more long-term purpose than newspaper, magazine, or blog articles. Whether fiction or non-fiction, e-books with well-reasoned content will influence opinion and inspire. Throughout history, regimes have banned specific books and pamphlets precisely because of the extraordinary impact they have on a repressed populace. Today, China bans the works of Gao Qinjiang, a Chinese-born Nobel laureate in literature. Yet his books are available in multiple e-book formats. As e-books proliferate throughout the globe, China and other nations will find e-efforts to ban books increasingly ineffective. From the radio to the internet, 
Each new technology advance creates another nail in the coffin of regimes that seek to wall off their citizens. No single technology alone will fling open the borders to prohibit the flow of information. Nonetheless, each new advance weakens boundaries, and e-books will play a significant role in this process. Bruce Judson is the best-selling author of numerous books on the Internet's impact on business and society and is a frequent consultant to global media companies on addressing the challenges of disruptive technologies. He's presently entrepreneur-in-residence at the Yale Entrepreneurial Institute. Prior to joining the Institute, he was a senior faculty fellow at the Yale School of Management. This and other Yale Global articles can be found at yaleglobal.yale.edu.